Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Today, we're going to be talking about showmanship and what that has to do with building up your know, like, and trust factor, what it has to do with your personal brand, and the downside of being a showman. But first, I want to go ahead and acknowledge we had an inauguration in the U.S. last week, and it resulted in the most epic Bernie memes, and I am here for it. I'm just going to go ahead and say I am here for the Bernie memes. They've been so fun. And then yesterday I was perusing Facebook as you do, and I saw someone talking about how the Bernie memes are everything that's wrong with mean girl culture. Now I'm going to be talking a little bit about the bro marketing culture in this episode. So I thought I would call out the mean girl comment first because I don't agree. Bernie himself has actually said that he thinks they're hilarious. I think he knows himself. He's not vain. He knows who he is. He's comfortable with who he is. And frankly, that meme, those mittens, they are all 100% on brand for him. And that's kind of what's really cool about being known for something, about being so secure in who you are that you are willing to be the butt of a joke if it brings people together as these memes have done. So I just wanted to call that out. I have thoroughly enjoyed those. I think my favorite ones have been the ones with the rainbow of all the colors that were worn at the inauguration with Bernie filling the green spot. There's a really good one with Bob Ross painting Bernie and saying, happy little mittens and all those kinds of things. I would love for you guys to go ahead and let me know which one is your favorite one. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of variety we're going to get in these replies. Also, while you're thinking about that, I want to ask you, If you have not yet reviewed the No Like, and Trust show, please go ahead and do that. Not only does it tell me which episodes are the ones that you're really getting stuff out of, it also helps other people find this valuable content. With the algorithm, the way everything is, those shows that get reviewed most often are the ones that rise to the top in the suggestions. So please take a moment to do that if you have not yet done that. The episode will keep playing while you do that. One of my more recent reviews was left by actually a guest. If you go back just two episodes to Bill Flynn's episode all about BHAGs, your big, hairy, audacious goal, he reviewed the show and he said, Brittany does an excellent job of balancing staying on topic and veering away when appropriate. She has palpable enthusiasm for the topic and the guest. It was a pleasure to have been one. Thanks, Bill. I so appreciate the shout out there. And I also very much enjoyed our discussion. If you guys have heard this episode from a couple weeks ago, you know we had a great discussion on how you can use your BHAG to inform your business growth. All right, on to today's topic, which is all about the showmanship of building an online business. The showmanship of, I don't know, building a personal brand, about actively taking the time and the effort to shape how people are perceiving you in the marketplace. Now, this was all inspired by my husband and I having finally watched The Greatest Showman a few weeks ago. I don't know what took us so long to watch it. I mean, let's be honest, despite my awful rhythm and my complete tone deafness and other lack of musicality, I mean, seriously, guys, when my nine-year-old was two, I would sing along in the car and one day he just said, mama, please stop. That is my musical level right here. Despite all that, I love musicals. So I'm really glad that I watched it. We had a fun time, but also there's a ton that we as online businesses and obviously as online marketers can learn from the movie. 
a few things that are really obvious, you know, spectacle just for the sake of spectacle is probably going to result in not the best results. Specifically, that there's a fantastically predictable crash at the end of the movie. And when you have spectacle just for the sake of spectacle, that is typically what happens. You know, even predictable formulas are going to fail over time as the general public becomes accustomed to it. And my favorite lesson, of course, that there is actually a time when you do have enough money. So as much as I enjoyed the movie, I happened to watch it mere hours after listening in to my very first clubhouse chat where I was like engaged, where I was really enjoying the speakers. It was right after I got on Clubhouse, so it was probably right at the end of December. And this particular room was hosted by Lindsay Padilla, and it had speakers like Julia Stoyan and Kathy Olson of Funnel Gorgeous. The room was entitled, The Future of Funnels is Female. So obviously, that's a play on you know the big shirts that came out a few years ago, The Future is Female. I definitely bought one, bought one for my son as well, because why not, right? I think that title is brilliant, but I do want to point out, especially if you're a man listening to the show... But even for the women, this particular room was titled The Future of Funnels and Female, but it wasn't about bashing men. What they were bashing was bro marketing, and rightly so. We should all be bashing bro marketing. We, as online business owners, are marketing online, and online marketing has gotten a really bad rap from all the antics and tactics the quote-unquote bro marketers use all the time. So if you've ever browsed a hashtag on Instagram and all you see on that hashtag are skinny white dudes in front of very fancy cars wearing stupidly expensive watches with a really cheesy smirk on their face, that is like the hallmark bro marketing tactic. I am so successful. I can buy this car when, let's be honest, it was probably rented. The house they're sitting in front of is probably rented too, and everything's probably on credit. But to the casual observer, they don't know that. And and this is where all these antics and tactics really fall apart because they put out the wrong vibe. They put out the wrong message and they try and make you look like something you're not. It's no wonder imposter syndrome is huge in the online business space. All right, so back to the movie. P.T. Barnum started off with all the oddities, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't getting tickets purchased. It wasn't getting people through the door. So he went for more. He started embellishing claims for the spectacle and it got him attention, but he still wasn't taken seriously enough for himself. And this, I think, is where the movie really delivers in the comparison with the online business space. And this is also where that imposter syndrome thing comes from. I know it's a newer term in the last few years, but you can definitely apply it to The Greatest Showman as a movie. Imposter syndrome happens when you grow and you grow and you don't believe that you're actually worth the growth. And that is exactly what happened to P.T. Barnum. He actually made something that was a huge success, but he still wanted the approval of his wife's parents. He still wanted the approval of society. He bought the big fancy house that he probably couldn't thoroughly afford just to prove he had, you know, made it. And then he got all wrapped up in the trappings of success and he forgot what success should have looked like in the first place. He forgot what it would have looked like in his person, in himself. There was no meaning, no purpose. All the magic, gone. Just the crazy speed of always needing more. Sound familiar? Because back to that clubhouse panel, some of the things that they were talking about were expected and others actually surprised me. Even though I've been following a lot of the people who are actively talking about these things, actively talking about pushing against the bro marketing methods that are so rampant in our industry. They were talking about paying obscene amounts of money just to gain access to leaders, i.e. the multi-thousand dollar masterminds. 
They were talking about spray and pray methods of advertising. You know, something's bound to hit eventually, right? Even if it's a really crappy product. They were talking about marginalizing women and persons of color, even outside of the corporate world in our online spaces. We all know that it happens. We all know that women make, you know, what, 70 cents on the dollar and black women down closer to 50 cents on the dollar of a white male. But it's happening in the online space too. This isn't just a corporate problem. They were talking about toxic positivity. That's a big button topic here for me. And the leaders who go ahead and delete any comments that are criticizing them or any comments that ask hard questions of them, just blanket deletion of anything that's not praising the person involved. They were also talking about how paying $5 an hour for work that builds your business to an overseas VA is not ethical, even if that hire lives in the country where it is legal. This all goes for you. If your effective hourly wage in your own business because you're charging not enough is dismal, that's a problem. You're not charging enough, and this is also a problem. It brings down the marketplace to where online business makers, online business marketers can't make enough money to actually live. And that right there brings me to a shocking story. And this is actually why it took me a few weeks to release this episode, even though this panel happened a few weeks ago, even though I watched that movie a few weeks ago, and I even wrote notes about this a few weeks ago, but it took me a little while to actually, well, shall we say, get the guts to record this because it's a story that does not paint me in the best light. So for this to make sense, I do need to actually give you guys a little bit of a backstory. The very same day I watched the movie, the same day I tuned into that panel on Clubhouse, I saw a Facebook post on a group called Boss Ladies PDX, meaning Portland, the area in which I live. So if you're a longtime listener, you know I took a super duper long maternity break, like almost two years between when I decided to scale my business back, even contemplating closing it at the time, to when I decided, no, I really did miss working and I really wanted to do this. I really love helping people in this way and I wanted to come back. So during that time of maternity leave, I did take on some freelance work because I still liked making a little bit of money, even though I wasn't full forward behind my business. And some of that work was doing the visuals and graphics for a local coach who also happens to live here in Portland, Oregon, although I've never met her in person. Did that for a while, almost two years, I think. And then one day she just stopped sending me work. I found out actually by seeing a job posting for my quote job. This is the life of a freelancer, I suppose, but it was so weird. It was so weird being on that end of the ethical slide and honestly of experiencing the lack of business ethics by someone, that coach, who was claiming to support women, who was all about women's empowerment, all about the feminine side of business. And again, no word of closure. So back to that post I saw last week, someone screenshotted a job posting they found on Indeed. The job posting specifically said, quote, we want to know the lowest number, end quote, that you'll take as compensation. It said that applicants needed to be really strategic and choose a salary so they wouldn't miss out on the chance for the job. It said it was entry level, but you know, you also need to do all the things and be a master of getting shiz done. Oh my gosh, so many things, folks, so many things. So the comments on that post, they were not kind. I know Facebook groups contend that way, but, but these were, again, pretty bad and rightly so. The job market here in Portland isn't great. Our cost of living is skyrocketing, frankly, and salaries seem to be diving. But even knowing that, this posting was bad. This was like all the bro marketing ick translated to the local job market. Except, and if you've been listening the last couple minutes, you probably saw this one coming even though I didn't. That job posting was from that coach the one who dropped me without a word, the one I used to actually take business advice from. And I was horrified, like really horrified because I thought I had actually done something wrong and that's why I didn't get work from them anymore. 
But it turns out I used to take advice on building my business, my empire, from someone who can't even pay her own employees with ethical standards. And suddenly I felt like I had dodged a bullet. Turns out being summarily released from that freelancing gig is one of the best things that could have happened to me because it led to me seeking out new mentors with much better ethics. I changed my sphere of influence. I know that I probably said this on the show before, but you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if I was allowing that person to speak into my life, I probably wasn't making the best decisions either. And and that's why I was so horrified. But I changed my sphere of influence and I started seeing the old school marketers for what they were long before last week's movie, long before that clubhouse panel, and long before this job posting all came together as a realization trifecta. That said, it really brought it all home for me, seeing all three of those things in the same day. And I've been melding on these ideas ever since. Sharing this story makes me feel a little awkward. I'm telling you, I took a business advice from someone, turns out I shouldn't have been. But there's a reason I've put out recent episodes about the message, authentic automated marketing, because I know to many, it seems like it's impossible being both authentic and automated. Being automated reeks of bro marketing, of insert swarmy marketer here, next to the jet and the sports car and everything on a credit card, fake it till you make it marketing. But KLTers, that is not the point of marketing. Marketing is the process of understanding your customers and building and maintaining relationships with them. That's a definition right there per marketing insider group. Now, authentic marketing is building a relationship with your audience, with your clients, Automating that is only possible if you have the authentic relationship to start with. Bro marketing is built on lies. It's built on a lack of ethics. They're hoping that you are blinded by the lights as I once was. Now the question is, how do we move on from here? How do I, as a business owner, make sure that anything I learned from that coach that used to touch my business isn't of the showman variety? How do I make sure that some of the decisions I made several years ago aren't still informing my current decision-making process. And for you, how do you make sure that the next person you're going to follow on Instagram or on Facebook isn't abusing the no like, and trust factor that they've built up, abusing it with a good show, and then also you know, doing awful back-end hiring practices that put them solidly in that bro marketing camp? How are we all to separate the authentic from the automated and then come back and put them together in a good way, in a positive way, not toxic positivity, but an actual positive way where you are here solely to help people, where you are here to practice authenticity in your business. Recently, I talked about all the good things from 2020 that I want to take into 2021 just a few weeks ago. This week, it's the opposite. What can we ditch? What can the collective we leave behind in 2020 and no longer carry with us into 2021? How can we leave the swarmy tactics, the locker room talk, the bullying, the fake? I know we left a little bit behind last week already, and thank goodness. But how can we leave it all behind and make our businesses truly authentic and then carry that into automation so that we can thrive as business owners? That is my question to you. I don't have the answers for this episode. I would love to hear your take on this, though. If all goes according to my plan, I'd like to have an episode that's actually a panel of people who can talk about this so we can elevate the conversation around this and really build good businesses. All right, guys, that's all for today. Can't wait to hear your take on this. Please go ahead, hit me up on Instagram, email me. Links are always in the show notes for all of that. Talk to you soon.